Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Entertainment Banter. It's your favorite podcast of the week. My name is Joel. And I'm Matt. And we are here to talk to you about some really cool stuff today. We're going out back to our <laughs> awesome topics. All and right, we have topics. We have topics. And today's topic will be rivalries in the comic manga world. What's Ooh. a good what, Yeah. I All think right. I think it's a good topic. I mean, rivalries as in uh best friends turn enemies It could or be a rival friends. like uh, storylines that created two characters that are always clashing where one cannot defeat the other or one cannot befriend the other or one becomes enemies to the other where it's a reoccurring storyline among these characters in these comic manga world and for all, all right. those fans out there who don't know what comics mean comics are picture books that are illustrated and then manga is the japanese version of that we're assuming that if comics survive this uh coronavirus they claim that they're going to come back but we'll see we will have to explain what books are probably in the future yeah maybe i don't know i feel like uh the you know the brick and mortar type comic book stores might be in trouble if they don't keep making prints you know everyone wants to do digital comics now which i think is lame but which means comics won't go anywhere it just means it changes formats right right but anyways okay so let's uh let's hit the two heavy hitters we got dc we got marvel uh which one do you want to talk first let's go right into dc because everyone's okay. favorite rivals that one cannot defeat the other or destroys the other pretty much like you said it earlier off off camera off com off what do you what'd you call it off microphone you said yeah, sure. they, they are two sides of the same coin, right? Yes. Or the same side of the same coin? Wait, what? No, two sides of the same coin. Perfect. And that would be Batman and Joker. There you go. One cannot yeah. exist without the other. They literally need each other. Yes. Uh and that's a it's definitely a rivalry. Uh it didn't spur from anything um significant though. You know what I mean? It wasn't like right. a, a friendship gone south or anything like that it's just it's just interesting you know everyone loves like the idea of a very a goofy character and a very dark character and the irony is the the dark character is the hero and the the lighter character is the villain you know right that was the the parallels to them correct yeah but i mean i feel like those two have been beaten to death you know what i mean like it's so obvious that I don't really have much to to add to what people. I mean, if you don't know who Batman and Joker are, then you shouldn't even be listening to this right now. Yeah, we're not going to explain uh, who they are, but I I honestly think that the Christopher Nolan movies um, portrayed it very well. Christian Bale and Heath Ledger playing the rival characters between each other, and when his last final scene when he has Joker upside down, you know, the last time we ever see Heath Ledger yes. pretty much alive, I think, like because you know we all know the tragic end to that. He. Yep. He even says, like, you can't get rid of me. I complete you. And it's almost, like, true. Like, Batman couldn't kill him. I mean, Batman has a code not to kill, but obviously it seems like he does in a lot of these movies now. Yeah. No, but in back this movie, in the he, day, couldn't, he couldn't. Yeah, I know. He couldn't kill Joker. He couldn't do it. He couldn't. He has to keep him alive. Although, in the verse, first comics, he actually carried a gun, which is kind of did interesting. He, did he really? Yeah. Yeah, Bob Kane, uh, when he wrote them. 
But uh, I would, um, I'm going to kind of advance because, like I said, I feel like we've talked about that numerous times. But the one rivalry in DC where I think is actually a legit one is Batman and Superman. I like the idea that when two Superman heroes. first shows up. Yeah, they're two heroes, but uh, and obviously be, they become very close friends, um, almost inseparable friends. But the reality is when they first meet or they're first known of each other's existences, neither one of them likes the other. And I thought that was, I've always liked that idea. you know, Because where, they both have different ways of looking at how to solve the issue. Superman likes to use his brute strength and Batman thinks about it. Right. Well, but Batman took it a step further and he basically saw this indestructible person and he thought Batman's mindset is that I am going to find out all your weaknesses to everyone in the world because he's thinking at any point in time, if you go rogue, I'm going to have to stop. He has a contingency to take down Superman. He does. He has a contingency to take down all of them. In fact, there's some great story arcs where, uh, his it's, uh, I think even DC kind of made a movie off of some of the comics, but like, for, uh, it was like an animated movie, but basically like all the Justice League heroes are being systematically taken out. And Batman says, um, I know what's happening. And they're like, well, what's happening? He's like, these are all of my contingencies. So somebody discovered how Batman would destroy all the Justice League heroes if they went rogue. And so he's in this then, awkward then, position. Then they all freak he's, out on him? Yeah, of course. He's in this awkward position where he's like, basically, they're like, wait, that's messed up, dude. You you basically created traps for us to like to stop us or kill us? Absolutely. And he's like, And he's like, yeah, I did. Totally did. <laughs> and so he's like, now, do you want to fix it or do you just want to argue about you it? You know, argue about it. Yeah. And so it was a great story. It just, again, it shows the testament of Batman's unnerving, unwielding ability to just constantly plan for the future in any scenario or situation. But with Batman and Superman, um, it's kind of cool. To, again, it's like good cop, bad cop. It's, you know, uh, the nice guy versus the not nice guy uh, coming together. And, and uh, you know, uh, their their interactions have always been interesting. And I... Uh, a long time ago, like there was, you know, Warner Brothers did their animated shows and stuff, and uh, they started it with a movie called World's Finest. What I liked about that was uh, Superman shows he he's all in the open. He shows his it's it, it, well, actually, this is a, this is an interesting point. This is something we could talk about. Superman, you know, comes under this false pretense of like uh, being honorable and and just and always telling the truth and being sure. out in the open. He's he's a Boy Scout. He's a Boy Scout, right? Mm. And Batman's like the brooding, I get things done, the dirty right. way, whatever i got to do. But what's interesting is, as I was talking about this, I just thought of it, um, Superman's definitely a hypocrite, and Clark, um, Bruce Wayne totally calls him out on it in some way or fashion at some point in life because, you know, Clark Kent is his alter ego, so he still hides. He's not out in the open like he should be. I think later right. in the comics he maybe comes out, but or he's permanently Superman, and Clark Kent just drops off the face of the earth. Who knows? Sure. Um, but when they first start to know each other, Batman and Superman, uh, Superman peeks. He uses his x-ray vision, sees that Batman's Bruce Wayne, calls him out, says, I don't want any vigil- vigilantism in my town. You know, I know who you are, Bruce Wayne. You're Batman. What a and it's fucked up. He's a hypocrite. But Batman obviously discovers he's Clark Kent, so it's an even trade-off in that show. Right. But it's an interesting thought, though, that Superman claiming to be so high and mighty, but in reality he, he totally 
you know self-conscious he's not he's not like he cheats you his know that wasn't very honorable his insecurities man yeah so but Let's, that's it for dc i mean i yeah. i'm sure there's others rivalries and friendships but those are the but, ones that stand but out none of them we really me. care about no right no <laughs> Especially these days. There's hardly anything to care about these days. DC, you're just an awful company right now. I mean, you could maybe argue the Robins, like the different Robins are like fighting Uh, for Bruce's attention, but that's about it. Possibly, yeah. Well, Dick Grayson leaves and does his own damn thing, and they don't talk ever again. And you almost almost can say Dick Grayson and... Nightwing and, and Batman are yeah, totally yeah. rivals. That was a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah that that's a good rivalry. I that would say that Nightwing does his own way of vigilante, and he thinks he's doing better than Bruce. Well, Man. I don't know how he pays for it. Who pays for that? Well, he's still got Daddy's trust fund. No, he's got a job. He's a cop. He's a cop. Oh, okay. He actually has a daddy's daytime trust job. Trust fund. Bruce Wayne's not his daddy. Yeah. Well, um, he has a trust fund, but no, no, it's a. Uh, that's a good point because obviously it's very much a, a father-son relationship kind of build, or either yeah. that or big brother, little brother. I don't know, depending on how you look at it, what story arc you follow. But you don't, you don't find it creepy that Batman keeps taking in young children and then making them into vigilantes. Why? Why do? You, why do you gotta? Why you gotta go there? Yeah, why you gotta well, go because there? I watched First the all, recent movie and it was just creepy. And he goes, "It's a small." Well, like, he doesn't want to get someone his age. He gets someone like it, eight years old who's gonna help the, him. Uh, it depends on the story. Well, first okay. of all, some of the story, some of the stories is he's just uh, no. It depends on the story because know, just listen to what I'm saying. I'm it listening. depends on the story yeah, because sure. on some uh, some versions of the stories, he takes on the ward. The ward discovers his secret, and therefore it's either like I either kill the ward or I make him a part of it. You know what I mean? And a lot of the wards he's chosen over the years come from very tough situations you got old backgrounds dick dick grayson he was you know he was in the circus so he's very he's very physical you know what i mean acrobatic so he could handle the task at hand then you had jason todd who came from a rough background like his dad was literally a in crime and so a street kid street punk then you had uh they call uh tim drake which was basically a brainchild that was created for the animated series of a whole bunch of Robins put together, but same situation, street kid. And then the final one is, uh, Damien. And, uh, Damien was somebody that was basically spawned out of, uh, of assassins, like assassins creed. So like he's straight up was a brought up to be a murderer by the age of like five, you know? So all these people, even though they were his wards, they all had, they weren't normal kids. They weren't fat and trying to go play video games or they weren't, you know, the kids that were just focused on being the next all-star or something. It's just like, I don't know how to describe it. Like they weren't normal kids. They had street life. They had very screwed Good up job. upbringings. Good job defending Batman. Let's, uh, let's move on though. Let's move on to, uh, wow. You just blew that right off. Okay. Well, you get to talk, you get to talk all the next ones <clears throat> because I know which ones you want to talk about. So let's do it. Oh, no. Marvel? No, we're going Marvel. to Marvel now. Yeah. We're going to Marvel. Why you got to yeah, make me so feel get, so bad? Why, I, I thought keep we going. wanted to talk, talk about all of them are running out of time, and you want to freaking talk about talk them up. Bruce Let's go. and chop, chop, chop. children wards and all Well, that. you were talking like Bruce the pedophile Batman, and I'm like, I got to defend well, my like, man. I like, like Batman. He's like Michael Jackson. I don't think Michael Jackson was a pedophile. I think Michael Jackson Batman, was... have you not seen Batman or read a comic? He has no Ferris wheels in his backyard. The guy is an asshole, okay? <laughs> like, he's got nothing fun. 
He's got Wayne way Manor. more fun. He's got the Bat no. Cave and the Batmobile <laughs> and the Bat <laughs> Bat Wing and the Bat Submarine. You know <laughs> the what Bat su- Ferris you know, Wheel? You know what success means? Success is when you can name every vehicle after yourself. After your after yourself after your bat. <laughs> My bat Anyways. condoms. Are you done? Let's move yeah. On. Let's move on. Bat condom never worked. Anyways, <laughs> going on to Marvel. Yeah. What's a good rival in Marvel? Let's say. I feel like Marvel has way more hero rivals. They have rivals so many. They have DC. a lot of hero. Yeah. Well, you got Cyclops and Wolverine. Yep. They started out Magneto as and Xavier. Magneto and Xavier. Spider Man and Doc Ock. Spider Man and Green Goblin. You which almost, is you uh, the hairy, say, the hairy one. You can almost also say Spider Man and James Jonah Jameson, can't you? Mm, yes, to some extent. But I think I think Peter likes to mess with him more than you know what I mean. That's like a fun rivalry. I feel like right. Uh, and then I don't want to touch on it, but then of course Captain America and Iron Man a little bit. But I don't want to deal with that. That to me is you know, uh, kind of like a forced rivalry. Nobody cares. You know what I mean? Well, people but, only care uh, now because of the Disney movies. Nobody cares ne- before that. Right beforehand, I've always liked the X Men rivalries because um, there's so many characters and so much development. You can never tell. Like an X Men can easily be a villain the next comic. Well, we've never again, and we've talked about this before. What I love about the X Men story is uh it's a it's a story about prejudice and um you're talking about racial tensions it's definitely what's been going on lately it's so annoying to it's hard to escape it but um i mean but x-men was a is a prime example of what's going on like there's people being persecuted you know mutants are being persecuted right and uh you know it's actually persecution and so they're they're afraid they're in hiding it's not as extreme as some things but like they are definitely, I mean, well, let's put it this way. Like if, if they were very uh, toad like or alien looking, they definitely, they couldn't hide. They couldn't hide themselves. Like they were exposed. They physically and I always had liked, to hide. Yeah. And, and a lot of them hid in the sewers. And what I liked about the X-Men story arc was the ones that looked quote unquote normal were the ones that would take a stand and try to help those that weren't so much. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, um, and then you got the the metaphor of like World War Two with like the concentration camps and all that stuff, and they never really brought that up. They brought it up a little bit in some with of the Magneto, movies, but they, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but that's a big deal because well, Magneto, yes, but what I'm saying is the whole reason why Magneto was so uh, against society as a whole was because he already lived through the concentration camp life, the Holocaust, yeah. The Holocaust, and but then he just wants to do the to, other the same to thing. To see, but to see the mutants going <clears throat> through that is what I'm saying. Like, right, there was prisons created for the mutants, and you know they call it mutant registration, and all that stuff. And so, it's a very interesting dynamic between Xavier and Magneto because they were friends with a common cause, but one had the past of violence, and one had the past of the past of peace, and so. They was o- they were always warring with each other on the the right way or the the best way to handle the situation. And right. Magneto's they both had the same goal in mind, but the way that they went about it was completely different. And because it turned into Professor X believed that they can live peacefully amongst the humans, the normal right. humans, and coexist, coexist. Coexist. And Magneto believed that you had to wipe them all out. And show them. Not necessarily wipe them well, off Well, show them who's first, really but boss. Yes. Yeah, but which is, well, I feel is kind of counterproductive to his, his character just because he went through the Holocaust and saw the atrocities. Well, no, Why would he want to do that to another Well, he didn't. No, he didn't at first. He didn't at first. He 
he was uh, someone that tried it Charles's way. And then uh, when things got shady, he would punish those that were shady. Does that make sense? He didn't. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he purposely went out and punished, punished everybody. He he punished those that came and attacked. Who needed them, to be punished? Right? Yeah, with, with with no mercy. But right. then there was even a story arc or a comic where he created his asteroid M, the mutant asteroid. So he's like, "Fuck this! You know what? I'm just gonna take everybody. I'm just gonna take all the mutants away from the planet altogether." You know, it's like he's like, "I won't fight, but I'm taking them all away." But even that. There was corruption within the mutants, and so like they ruined it. They still wanted a war with the humans. Like they took his message to the next level. So there was always this constant battle between those two that always kept an interest. But they were always friends. You know, they always had respect for each other because of their early on careers. I always thought that was a really cool part yeah. with those characters. They still and then ex- they still respect each other, and they still play chess. Right. Well, in the movies, that's right. In the movies. Well, what, the ones trying to convince the other their side is the better side. Yeah, and Wolverine and Cyclops is by far one of my favorites too because you got the classic Boy Scout and you got the classic bad guy image, you know. Badass. And then, yeah, and so then um, the rebel, the loner. But then as you uh, read the comics and everything else, you find out that they do eventually see eye to eye and get along, and then they work together. And it's actually there's a very brief time in comics, in the especially like when they start doing the schism transition and stuff. But then. Uh, there's a role reversal and Cyclops becomes more of the bad boy and Wolverine takes on the mantle of being more responsible. And it's very interesting to see that, that change to the course of history with the, the X-Men comics. But, um, you talk Spider-Man, you, you talk Spider-Man. Tell me about Peter Parker and let's say Doc Ock first. Go ahead. They're dynamic. Don't put me on the spot like that. All right, well, guess let's go. Well, I want to do. I don't want to do that. I want to do Spider Man and Green Goblin. <laughs> All right, we'll do Spider Man and Green Goblin. All right. Are Spider-Man. you talking about the original Spi- uh, Green Goblin? Or are you talking about well, his talk, son Harry? Let's talk about. See, I would think uh, Harry, not, no, his no, the, the original, son, would be more. No, the rival. Well, Green Goblin. It's just interesting because like Peter did not grow up in any way privileged or anything like that. He was a poor kid, and he was just really smart. But his best friend Harry was. Harry Osborn, one of the richest kids in the world, right? Yep. And so as when Peter finally got his powers and everything, his his father, Harry Osborn's father, um um Oh my god, what's his father's name? Harry. They were they were no, both was, Harry. No, they weren't. No, no. Really? Norman. 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 Oh my god, wow. So anyways, Norman right, Osborn was also working in yeah. uh, in the in the military field and as with his company and creating weapons and all that and they found a way to enhance the body and of course uh he tried it on himself because he wanted to ex- you know ex- expedite the process and he wanted to show that it works in the military that they can make superhumans because at that time in the comics when the green goblins made they're also trying to figure it out you know the superhuman assuming that created captain america and all this shit and they're all trying to still find right, out how to right. do it because it was lost ever since captain america was created and during that arc but they couldn't really explain that in the movies because you know copyright infringement so <clears throat> so then harry osborne uh, then norman osborne becomes a green goblin and fights um peter all the time or spider-man and i think it's a very good dynamic between those two just because you're seeing that this is his father his best friend's father and he he knew he finds this out later and green goblin finds out who he is exactly later so they, it's like that dynamic like it's my father it's my friend's my best friend's father how do i deal with this and like they they attack each other not only physically but um, psychologically too, when they're you know when they see each other, cause they both know that they can't 
deep down, Norman loves his 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 son, so he doesn't want to affect him in person. Though he still messes with them regardless. Like it's a weird dynamic between those two as well. But eventually, the green original Green Goblin dies. Harry discovers who his father was, and but he thinks Spider Man killed it. Does not know that Spider Man is Peter. Well, in the comics, didn't they make it imply like he goes crazy when he's the Goblin? So it's almost like. Uh, right, a, a plea of insanity kind of thing. So he yeah. he may not even remember Peter is, I mean the Goblin personality might remember Peter for who he is, but Norman may not know he's Spider Man. He it's it, that's accurate, um, but what eventually it becomes you know, Harry becomes it. But during the Harry and Peter days when that was going on in the comics, eventually Harry, you know Harry went insane with the the Green Goblin power and then right he, right. Eventually he tried to get rid of the. Uh, the problem because he didn't want to hurt Peter anymore. There was a huge dynamic where Harry supposedly changed uh, changed leaves at this last second and saved Harry, um, saved uh, Mary Jane and Peter out of like a fire, and Harry actually dies in Peter's hands, and it was a huge remorse. But during the process before that happened, Harry would go to uh, a therapist, and uh, so they wanted to carry the Green Goblin legend on. So the therapist eventually becomes the Green Goblin because he has all really? the stories. Yeah, so it's actually oh, a arc of that. But because they killed off Harry, they wanted this nice sentiment between the you know the rivals, and that happened. But I digress on that. Moving on to um, Doc Ock and Spider Man. Yes, Doc Ock was just a scientist that Peter looked up to drastically. Like you know, Peter has all these idols of uh, scientists. He had Doc Connors. He had Doc Ock, who um, Octavius. It wasn't even his name. Not he got the nickname Doc Ock, obviously because of. His awesome arms, arms yes, that got that arms. got stuck to his body in some kind of explosion that happened in well, that's 20 the million comic. Ways. That's the movie. That's the movie version. But there's Doc different, Ock, wasn't there like uh, like there's many well, different reasons how was, he got stuck yeah. to it. That also, there's a, there's right. also versions that he he's not permanently attached to it. Right, right. So, and that's a weird dynamic too because he doesn't really hide who he is. And yes. so Spider-Man knows or Peter Parker knows that's his scientist he looked up to that has gone insane. Uh, I think the movie did it really well of him going insane, but it, it didn't really show that their relationship in the movie too well other than the fact that he was a villain and Peter had to stop him. I uh, I, I still, I know you like that movie, but I just, I can't, I can't like that movie. And uh, I didn't well, like killed, the fact that his off. arms were manipulating him. They killed off, really yeah, stupid. that was weird. And they killed off fucking Doc Ock, and I didn't like that. Well, of course. Well, that was Sony back right. in the day. You know, you one and done villains, which yep. is terrible. They should terrible. never do that in any they film. Sh- never should have done that. No. So moving on from... Let's let's move on from Marvel for a second. You want to move on from Marvel? Oh wait, you didn't wait. Whoa, whoa, no, no, no. We got to talk Doc Ock still because there was that whole mean? arc. Oh, where the other arc, yeah, where it's massive. There's actually more. Where, yeah, yeah. It's the newest oh, yeah, arc. So, Spider-Man just did it. Well, um, it's not Matt, new anymore, but yeah. But Matt read about it. Apparently, um, yeah, it's one Doc of my favorites. Ock, Doc Ock switched bodies with Peter. Yeah, well, and Peter's at basically at that. Doc Ock's dying. Peter switches bodies with him at the last. I mean, uh, Doc Ock switches bodies with Peter at the last second. Right. So Peter's conscience is his Doc's frail, dis- decaying body, and in theory, Peter dies. And Doc Ock takes over, and he's in Peter's body. But what's interesting about it is he finds this new leaf on life, and he says, "You know what? I've got a second chance. I've already got pre-established life because Peter had a good life. I'm a I'm a scientist again, a credible scientist. So he starts dating." You know, in Peter's body, he starts making things better for the college that Peter teaches at. He starts being a better Spider-Man, a more efficient Spider-Man. 
And uh, it's just interesting how like that rivalry transformed Doc Ock into like a, a, a superhero. At first, yeah. he's still an evil superhero at times. He's killed somebody. The Avengers show up and say, hey, what the hell? Uh, we're going to take away your Avengers card if you keep killing people. And uh, so, you know, but Doc Ock does a good job of taking on the mantle of Spider-Man and honoring himself to the point where Peter Parker, like in all comics, comes back. His essence nearly never really left his body. Like he's been there like a, you know, angel on shoulder kind of thing every once in a while. And Doc Ock basically makes the ultimate sacrifice and with this whole Spider-Verse thing and Peter's back in his own body. And Doc Ock at that moment in time realizes that his version of himself is going to be erased from existence. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I did what I needed to do. But I just thought it was so interesting how that situation i mean to me to cheer for a villain to become good is always cool which i would say we're running short on time but i would say we haven't touched like uh manga so if you wanted to touch your favorite manga like getting into that where a villain becomes good i mean what better story arc than goku and vegeta in dragon ball z yeah no question about it right or matthew and joel bitter (laughs) rivals Little rivals to the end. In Mario uh, Kart. In Mario Kart and other, other aspects, for sure. And Kirby. Uh, yeah, no, Dr- Goku and Vegeta are uh, fantastic rivals. We just we talked we just talked about a bunch of uh, rivals that really started out as villains or they started out as friends, um, but nothing really to, like, no one in these comics we really talked about they wanted to kill one or the other. Like, they know they kind of, like, stopped themselves from ever actually trying to kill, right? Right, like Spider Superman never tried to kill Batman. Batman never tried to kill Superman unless you know, like they never really tried to kill him. Essentially, if you think about it, like when they first met, right? Right. None of the characters did. Not even Doc Ock and Spider Man. They didn't, you know, when they first met, they were professor and you know a scientist and Peter Parker, or, you know, all these people, right? Eventually, they wanted to kill him, of course, all that. But Vegeta and Goku, Vegeta wanted to kill Goku right off the yeah. bat. And Vegeta became a main character that eventually now is Goku's rival still, but they're best friends. Yeah. Well, what's cool about it is uh, he gets Vegeta gets robbed from that that killing, and so he, you know, like when your motivation and your ultimate goal in life disappears, it leaves you wondering, what do I do next? And right. for the first time, you know, he he contemplates why did this person bug me so much? And you kind of find out that you start to admire your enemies or your rivals qualities. Does that make sense? And like, well, yeah, I mean, he, he famously says like the only reason why, like no matter when people try to kill Goku, he, he, beginning would be like, he is mine to kill. Now he keeps him alive because it's, it's his rivalry that makes him stronger. Right. And whenever they face off as a team with somebody else, he, he makes it abundantly clear. Like no one gets to kill, goku but me yeah so it's like this like i i our friendship is there i still hate your guts but i have to prove that i'm gonna beat you because you hurt me so bad like my pride is telling me like i have to take you down no matter what so i'm gonna keep you work together with you until this threat is gone and then we're gonna right and then you know they never really battle again really i mean the end of dragon ball super they kind of bout to but um that they stopped it for the time being Mm. Oh, you're not there yet. You're not there yet. I'm I'm not there yet. I'm way behind. But um so that's it. Any other rivals that you can think of? I mean, it's 
I'm we've sure touched there's, major I'm sure comic rivals. So we, we went through a lot of them. Um, I mean, there's rivals in every comic. You know, Doctor Eggman and Sonic for crying out loud. But I mean, the reality is Mario like, and Bowser. I mean, we can hit a yeah. lot of things. Link and Ganondorf. You know, we even talk about freaking uh, yeah, yeah. But so I mean, there's other <laughs> comics and you know throughout the board. But I feel like we touched on the the more popular ones. We even for can sure. do Rudoni Kenshin, Kenshin Himura, and Makoto Shishio. <laughs> <laughs> Gesundheit. Uh, so, uh, yeah. on that note, thank you for listening to Entertainment Banter. My name is Matt. And my name is Jorudes. And I'm done. <laughs>